Welcome to the Spirited Advocate Podcast, brought to you by the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States, the leading voice for the distilled spirits industry. Now your host, Chris Wonger. Hello, Spirited Podcast viewers. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we are really, really privileged to have Greg Minio of the Maine Bureau of Alcoholic Beverages and Lottery Operations. And just as important, Greg just became the chair of the National Alcohol Beverage Con- Control Association, NABCA, a great organization uh, that uh, Discus has worked with for many, many years. And uh, it's an organization going through quite a transition, and we're looking forward to talking to Greg about this. In addition to that, Greg spent 41 years at Seagram. Uh, Seagram, for those of you that may not be aware, uh, was really a distilled spirits uh, company powerhouse for many years and really the standard bearer for the industry, for the distilled spirits industry. So Greg, thank you for joining us and we're really honored to have you. My pleasure. Thanks, Chris. Uh, Yeah, this is exciting. I was very, very thrilled and honored when you uh, reached out and asked me to participate in this. Uh, This is just such a great way, certainly for me personally and professionally, to kick off my my term as chair of uh, NABCA. Thank you. Yeah, and Greg, just just last week, uh, you accepted your chairmanship. And obviously, the industry and NABCA and all of our control state partners have been navigating the challenges associated to the pandemic and so forth. But in addition to that, uh, the great, uh, and he's a longtime friend of mine, Jim Squeo, is going to be retiring. And Jim Squeo, I, I don't want to date him, but I, he's spent almost 40 plus years, if not more, in ABCA as well, and has led that organization in a great way. And just a couple of weeks ago, it was announced that Neil Inslee, uh, who's the longstanding general counsel of NABCA, will be taken over in the coming months. So you're going to be at the helm as chairman during uh, quite a transition. And Neil is going to be awesome, and we're excited about that announcement, but he's got big, big, big shoes to fill as well. So could you just tell us about uh, that transition and and how you're going to help spearhead and navigate that? Yeah, sure. Thanks for asking. That's a great way to open this up, Chris. Uh, Well, I've known Jim for quite a while as as well, not as long as you, Chris, Uh, but when I was on the supplier side of the business, and we'll talk more about that in a minute because I always enjoy talking about that part of my career. Uh, I I knew Jim because I was on the other side of the table, so to speak, and I used to attend uh, the annual conferences and some of the the committee meetings uh, as a supplier, and I participated. Um, So I'm honored to be in that pivotal transitional role, if you will, as chair of NAPCA when I get to work with Jim for a few months and then at the end of September, Jim goes off into his next chapter of his life, and and Neil Inslee, my good friend and colleague, takes over. Uh, so I'll have the I'll have the best of both worlds, won't I? I really look forward to that. And uh, you know, I, I continue to learn from Jim Squeo every day. Um, he and I have both been around a long time. Uh, a couple old war horses, as far as the liquor industry is concerned. Uh, and I have so much respect for Neil. I, I can't wait to work closely with him as well. Us too. Us too as well. And I'm I'm sad about it. 
uh, I've had the privilege of working with Jim a long time. And when I came back into the industry, uh, one of my, you know, uh, delights after taking a 10 year break from the industry was to have the opportunity to work with Jim uh, in in my new role. So, and obviously uh, we're going to do all we can to support Neil. And that's, that's great. I I appreciate you saying that. Uh, And I'll say this just from a personal standpoint, when I had the opportunity to come on board as uh, the director in May, uh, this goes back to, uh, I started in May 19 of 2014. So uh, it's just been seven years. Um, I, um, I, one of the big reasons really was because of NAPCA and Jim Squio, because I knew that as a control region, a control state, sorry, we'd be working very closely and supported by NAPCA and Jim at the helm. And that was one of the big reasons why I took on the new challenge uh, as a, I quite honestly, a second career. So, uh, it's been great. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us if you could, uh, 41 years at Seagram, if I have that right. Well, not, not at Seagram, but, um, yeah, 43 years. Yeah, actually 43 years. I'll I'll give you the real numbers. It's, uh, it's not easy to remember all this, not even easy for me, but that's been so long. Uh, April 16, my wife's birthday, actually, uh, I celebrated or it marked 43 years in the liquor industry. Wow. So I started April 16th of 1978 uh, with the Seagram company. And back then you remember Seagram was sort of bifurcated and had much several different small companies that yeah. rose up to the top and answered to the, uh, to, I think it was the, the fifth Bronfman. floor to the yeah. Bronfman's on 375 Park Avenue. And uh, so I worked for a company called General Wine and Spirits. And a, a gentleman named Bill Whalen hired me in Tampa, Florida in 1978. And I had come off a brief spell in the retail industry, not liquor retail, but J.C. Penney kind of retail. Oh, wow. And okay. uh, yeah, I was just doing some work with them and in Tampa. And he hired me on in a very uh, low entry level uh, position. And I just got the bug and I loved it. And I went on from there and I served in many different sales and marketing, regional marketing capacities for actually, it was 24 years with Seagram. So it went from 78 until the demise of Seagram, really. Around 2000, 1999, 2000, uh, 2001, 2001, 2002, we're right in there. Yeah. 2001 was quite a year, obviously, well, for a lot of reasons, but in, in particular for this reason, um, it was when we started hearing rumors and even in 2000, we started hearing rumors about what the Bronfmans were looking to do. And, um, well, no lie. It certainly shocked many of us, shocked a lot of the, uh, a lot of us who had been with the company for all those years. And, and back in those days, it's not like it is now with young people working for different companies. We all thought we would go off into the sunset, you know, with, with, uh, as we called it, mother Seagram, uh, and, that didn't happen. And that's fine. You know, we moved on. So I was, um, I moved on from Seagram and then I went to, uh, the absolute spirits company. So at the time earlier, Seagram sold absolute vodka, as you remember, yep. uh, state owned product owned by the, you know, the country of Sweden, but Seagram had the honor to, uh, and privilege to sell absolute did very well with absolute vodka. Well, they formed a brand company in the U S right after that. And they put um, Carl Horton at the helm. I remember and, Carl. 
Yeah. Carl, may, may he rest in peace. Just a great friend, great guy, did an amazing job. And they called on me and said, hey, how would you like to run the control states? And I'd already had quite a bit of experience in the control states. And uh, I said, I'd be honored. And uh, I went from Dallas, Texas to Richmond, Virginia. And I worked in a Jim Beam office, which I know that? that's, uh, yep. that's right. Near and dear to my heart. That's Back right. I worked in an office with my my good friend. I talked to him yesterday, Don Tierney, who uh, oh, yeah. used to run the control states in the East for quite a while. And uh, because they were our partner in this and they they were our sales division. We were the brand company. I was responsible for strategy, brand planning and, and all that for all the 18 control jurisdictions. Um, actually, it was 19 at that time. And then um, I worked very closely with the Beam Company and they did a great job. It was a very unique relationship. Uh, I, I think people probably even scoffed at it in those days in the beginning. But you know what? It worked. It actually, it, it really Probably worked. Work with Steve Bellini or, oh, or good well, friend Steve Bellini and well, crew, right? Steve and I go way back, you know, and uh, you know, back to the Seagram days. And then Steve was, I think, fortunate enough to come on board with the Beam Company. He was there for a short time. I, I still have so many great friends and colleagues, not just from the Seagram days, but from the Jim Beam days and the Absolute days. I, like I mentioned, Don and a few others, I stay in touch with them. It's uh, it's nice to do that. It's what's amazing about about this great industry, Greg. Uh, when I when I came back into the industry and had one of my first lunches with Jim Squeo, he was telling me that just over the last twelve to fifteen years, the growth in the control states have been greater than the growth in the open states. And it's a real testament to the leadership yeah. of all the ABC directors around the country. Uh, Y'all have a unique role because first and foremost, you have a regulatory role uh, yeah, to ensure, yeah. ensure that the product is sold and distributed uh, where the taxes are paid, obviously, and done in, in, a, in a safe environment. But at the same time, it generates a lot of revenue state by state. Uh, and uh, on behalf of the Distilled Spirits Council, thank you and thank all of our control state partners for that success. How do you navigate that? And yeah. you, when you had to transition from, mm. you know, a fully growth minded, you know, mm. mindset uh, from the Seagram and the days working with Absolute and so forth. Uh, to the to the important role that you have now in Maine, uh, how do you transition that? Yeah, that's uh, that's boy, that's that's the question. That's as we used to say, the sixty four thousand dollar question. And, and that and as a true business manager and marketer, coming from the supplier side for all those years, as we've talked about, uh, yeah, I had to make that adjustment. I knew nothing about government, state government, or anything like that. I knew nothing about the legislative process. Uh, I didn't know about statutes and regulations and rules and all that. I had to learn all you of that. All that up in your day job now. Right? I sure, I sure did, and I and I do all the time. And and I like to say right now we're in legislative season, if you will. And my job gets very different uh, during that time. But I think to answer your question, um, you know, that's the balancing act that we play as regulators and business managers in all of our control jurisdictions. Uh, we have to balance it. I will say, though, we lead with the public health uh, component or pillar. We always lead with that. Um, 
if, if you allow me, I'd like to just read the, the mission statement from NABCA because I didn't do it just for notes for this. I keep it handy. I really do. And it's kind of my acid test when I'm looking at legislation, big strategic decisions, things that really would be pivotal. I always go to this and I'll just read it. Thank you. So Please. sure, the, the mission of the National Alcohol Beverage Control Association is to support member jurisdictions in their efforts to protect public health and safety and ensure responsible and efficient systems for beverage alcohol distribution and sales. And I think it's no mystery and it's not by mistake that we lead with public health and safety in the beginning of that statement as far as the mission statement is concerned. Uh, this is first and foremost for us. And, and I use that as my creed every day in Maine, and I intend to continue using that as chair of NAPCA. I certainly can't tell what tell the other control jurisdictions how to run their business. I, I, we know that. That's something else we have. We have mutual respect for each other and how we run our businesses. But there are certain common elements. The one obvious one is that every control jurisdiction, every state in the control region, were the wholesalers of spirit products. Yep. And in some cases, as you know, wine and beer. Yeah, in Maine, it's just spirits. Uh, other than that, though, th there are certain idiosyncrasies and iterations, if you will. But for the most part, I think we go to market in a similar fashion. But as far as balancing that, it's always with public health first. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the whole thing you mentioned, growth, it actually made me think about it. People look at our your stock portfolio. You always look at that pie chart. You look at growth yep. stocks and income stocks, right? Yeah. Well, gro the growth stocks are really as the business manager. When the business manager's hat on, hat is on, it's about growth. And I think the income is probably something that would be a little more about, you know, kind of maintaining the status quo in a controlled jurisdiction. Let's not make waves. Let's just kind of see what see let it seek its own level. Um, I don't know if that's the case so much anymore. I really don't see that. I think we're all about innovation. Uh, we're all about you know, responsible access. Yeah. And we've done, I think, across the board, such a good job, I think, with um, creating more consumer choice through our built-in systems. So yeah. that's what I'm most proud of. Absolutely. And I think for the supplier side, you know, we always need to recognize and be guided by NABCA's core mission, which is to support public health while at the same time distribution as well. And, uh, I think the collaboration that suppliers have had uh, with Discus, of course, uh, with NABCA and recognizing that has probably contributed to the great success. Great success on responsibility efforts and uh, navigating you know, the challenges associated with the abuse mm -hmm. of alcohol, uh, while at the same time uh, uh, playing a positive role in helping you all deliver your revenue targets on sure. behalf of each state sure. as well. So well, you mentioned responsibility efforts, Chris, and uh, I honestly, I'm remiss. I really was not aware of um, the association with, with uh, responsibility.org until recently. Uh, I just wasn't, that's much, much my bad, but I am thrilled, thrilled to see that association with you, uh, with your team and responsibility.org. And especially thrilled to see uh, Mr. George Griffin working with oh. you guys and doing some great work. And he's such a 
such a good friend and great colleague of mine. I, the day I met him, I just thought, wow, this guy, knows what he's, he, he's good. He's good. He's got, he gets it. And, uh, and so I, I'm, I'm thrilled because someone smarter than me early on said, said that, you know, when we go to market as control regulators, we always, always have to be thinking about, are we going to market in a, with an, an, an orderly and responsible fashion? That's yep. really what it's all about. And that's why the word efficient, I think, is in our mission statement as well. And I've used that for seven years now in Maine. I, I, I challenge my team. Is this orderly and responsible? Is it efficient? And if we can say yes to that, and we're off to a good start. Reserve Bar, the established leader in premium spirits e-commerce, has committed to assisting Black, Brown, and female entrepreneurs and their spirits brands by onboarding them to Reserve Bar platform, doing digital marketing to push consumer awareness and sales, and by providing advice and industry introductions without charging any fees. Additionally, Reserve Bar's advisory board members who are cultural influencers and entrepreneurs will be publicizing spirited change brands. All interested suppliers should contact Reserve Bar at spiritedchange at reservebar.com. Well, I can say, and thanks to NABCA and the collaboration with responsibility.org, and we're looking forward to doing more of that. Uh, I would say for our audience, uh, the role that I'm in is a new role where I had the privilege of not only leading Discus, but responsibility.org. And one of the big outstanding questions was, you know, could could those two efforts conflict with each other? Uh, and, uh, you know, I can tell you, uh, at least from my experience over the last two and a half years, it's been nothing but complimentary. And we are always, always guided by the responsibility uh, of things. And at the end of the day, uh, whether it's with the control states or whether it's on the distilled spirit supplier side of the industry or with our distributor partners or retail partners, responsibility is, is the license to operate. And the more we make progress on the responsibility side of things, more uh, legal drinking age adult consumers who choose to enjoy alcohol can do that. And it's a, it's a community effort as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll just say one more thing about uh, responsibility.org and working with George. We're starting to work with George now. Uh, yeah. I had some initial conversations with him early on. He reached out. Just great to hear from him. Great to catch up. And then I turned him over to um, uh, my uh, spirits operations manager who handles handles really all of our educational and our responsibility uh, pillars. And they're working together. And we got a couple of things cooking right now <laughs> that I'm really, I'm really, really happy about. So a lot of it to do with underage consumption and, uh, yep. you know, uh, valid IDs and things like that. But uh, very exciting stuff. Very exciting. Yeah, and the, the core mission for responsibility.org is to eliminate underage drinking, eliminate drunk and impaired driving. Right. We've got the new emerging issues with cannabis legalization that we're starting to engage with. And then, of course, promoting responsible consumption as well. Yeah, Greg, with with you being chair, and I know you had a big speech uh, last week at the uh, the NABCA conference. What sure. are your plans for uh, for the uh, upcoming chairmanship? Sure. Well, uh, I'm glad you asked, and th- the timing is is amazing with this. I gl- actually, I'm glad because it's really kind of coming up close to each other with. This podcast coming out, of course, and and our annual conference when I officially take over. 
from Xander Guy, who's done a great job this past Phenomenal. 12 months as well, by the way. And uh, tough spot he was put in, unfortunately. Uh, it was basically his term was during COVID. Part of mine will be as well, we think. But, um, you know, I thought long and hard about this. Jim reached out for me a while back and he said, you know, we got to start talking about your theme. And, and I didn't even like the word theme, quite honestly. I, I said, well, you know, Jim, I, I do things a little differently. And I, I want to talk about, you know, kind of our self-imposed mandates. You know, uh, what, what do we expect from us as board members on NAPCA? And um, I don't want anything I say to be uh, perceived as a bumper sticker. That this needs to be something that we live by, and I'll do the best I can. So one of the things that I've been a strong proponent of for so long now, Chris, has been customer service. And I was basically trained, and I cut my teeth on sure. that. And probably you and I, at the days when you were J.C. Penney, maybe. Even you right. know what? That's a good point. It probably started right. there. It probably started there, and it was probably honed, I think, uh, throughout my Seagram career and on to Absolute, of course. But so what, what I chose was something I'm calling progressive customer service. And really what, really what I'm talking about here is I'm talking about customer service that is relevant and appropriate to all stakeholders, not just who we have a financial transaction with, but everybody we work with, but in particular, as we continue to face these challenges uh, with the pandemic. So that's really where my head's at on this. And I, th I think customer service is going to be first and foremost throughout my term. And I've got some pillars and components of that, which I'm happy to speak to, but I'll give you a chance to respond first, though. Yeah, and, and uh, that is awesome because uh, I would imagine NABCA in each of the control states have multiple customers, right? Uh, whether it's obviously Absolutely. the state governor, it could be the state government or the legislature. Mm -hmm. uh, it is the supplier tier working with them sure. to some sure. degree. Obviously, sure. let me just state for the record, uh, the customer for uh, spirit suppliers is the control state. So we always got to remember that as well. But That's right. uh, that is phenomenal because that will ensure that the control states will continue to thrive and excel in its in its state by state missions, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I I, I say this. I said in my in my speech that you know, really we're we're all kind of on this collision course, aren't we? With this new normal, whatever this new normal is going to be, and I'm not even sure if we can call it that anymore. It's 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 all it's actually become kind of trite in saying that, but we're all having to face this, and we need to figure out how we navigate this. And I think one of the big parts of this is through customer service. It's communication, customer service, working more closely with each other, because we have so many things that are that have been developing along the way. And I might be segueing into something that you're going to get to, but uh, there's so much that's been going on. E-commerce platforms, direct-to-consumer, um, RTDs. All these things, delivery, that, delivery, all the things that y'all have done so great at during the during the pandemic. Uh, yeah, we're really. actually very, very proud of what we've done as a as a control region in that respect. But someone said this early on, and it didn't hit hit me until recently that you know these things that I'm just we're just talking about these new concepts, these new strategies, if you will, new avenues. 
weren't invented during the pandemic. They've been coming and the pandemic accelerated them. Right. It's very, it's very clear to a lot of us now. It's been accelerated by that. So that's why it's time for us to really buckle up and, and get ready for this and face it the right way. And I would go back to uh, the mission of NAPCA and Discus and everybody else who thinks this way, responsibility, responsibility. Number one. Number, Number one. one. Yeah, absolutely. Because if we take our eye off that bowl, you know, uh, number one, bad things can happen. And number two, uh, uh, things kind of fall back. So we are in an exciting time in our industry where certainly the pandemic has accelerated things. But uh, with the e-commerce platforms that have popped up, obviously navigating Mm -hmm. uh, direct-to-consumer, cocktails to go, uh, which many states are starting to uh, make permanent now. We've always got to be guided by uh, the social responsibility side of things. Well, I'll of- tell you a funny story about cocktails to go. I, 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 I admit it. I think I got one of the first phone calls on that early last year, over a year ago now, whatever it was. And I got a phone call from, I think, from Jay Hibbert, Jay uh, Hibbert. Our, our good friend in Maine. And uh, Jay called me, and I think somebody called me, I think Lynn. Uh, uh, Walding called me from Diageo and they said, listen, we got this idea and, you know, it's cocktails to go. And we had already put into executive order prepackaged beer and wine products to go right from, from on-premise. We had already all done to that. Help, all to help the on-premise restaurants. All to help the, exactly. Yeah. But when the idea of cocktails to go came to me, I, I reacted, well, somewhat negatively. I said, Jay, I said, Lynn, I said, you got to be kidding me cocktail so immediately i'm picturing you know like the 1980s in new orleans when somebody was pulling up and getting a a, a you know a crown and water and we driving don't want that. and yeah. we don't want that and, and, that's want why, that. and i said you've got to be kidding well you know what started to think about it and they they kind of brought me that religion and they did such a great job my hats off to jay and to lynn and and all of your team too and david for just talking to me about this and i said I get it. And we worked it into a new executive order or the existing one. Uh, we spoke to the administration about it. And then we were thrilled to uh, initiate LD205 not too long ago in Maine, which uh, made it enabling legislation. So it's uh, it's there now. Awesome. Uh, so we're, we're glad to be part of it. And, and most importantly, it's it has been a great economic lifeline for many of our yeah. restaurant and tavern and bar members. And, you know, I remember in the early days of March of last year, at the beginning of the pandemic, when this issue really came to the surface, sure. you, know, uh, you know, the discus position is they should be sealed, right? We don't want anybody uh, uh, drinking and driving as a result of cocktails no, to go because no. bad things can happen. But it has really been a great economic lifeline for those restaurants, most importantly, and uh, a great treat for consumers as well. To stay connected to their favorite bartender and all of the above. Well, absolutely. And so, you know, there's been several, uh, we call them guidance memos that we've sent out uh, to all of our licensees that support, clarify, if you will, the executive orders that have gone out from the governor and Cocktails to Go is just one of them. There's several. We've done several things, uh, along with along with my brethren across the control region. We've done several things with, I'll call it relaxing, licensing guidelines, fee structures, things like that. We're trying to do 
anything we can to bolster that uh, on-premise community in particular. Off-premise community has done well. They've they've certainly held their own. Uh, We've seen that. Overall business is basically off the charts, but that's really not what this is all about. This is all about, again, responsible go-to-market strategies. And um, these executive orders and subsequent uh, legislation has really helped. Uh, And I'm proud of being part of the control model, certainly across the board, I feel like we've done good work. I don't doubt they've done good work in license states as well. I just don't see that. I, that's my my only excuse for not commenting on it. Sure. Um, I'm the control guy. so. Uh, well, I can say on behalf of Discus, kudos to NABCA and all the control states because they really uh, navigated. I mean, you had to first and foremost worry about state employees and all oh, of yeah. that. Uh, just navigating through the pandemic and then also finding creative solutions to meet the consumer needs and so forth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so it's, it's been, it's been, it's been exciting. We continue, um, this excitement's not over. Certainly we're, uh, we'll, we'll all get there one way or the other. Uh, but I'm just thrilled. I, I I just want to say one more time on responsibility that, you know, in addition to some of the work we're doing locally with George and, and, and responsibility.org, um, NAPCA, we just voted on a budget and NAPCA continues in our, in our uh, tradition with honoring our educational awards for responsibility uh, initiatives. And we budgeted um, more than $1.2 million for wow. this coming year. So That's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's so important to us to continue in that tradition. And I look forward with George's work with responsibility.org, how we can leverage the responsibility.org programming, like ask, listen, and learn, or the virtual bar. We could go on and on, or our traffic safety efforts in support of NABCA's mission. So yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. As we as we uh, get ready to land the plane here, we like to fire up on a couple of uh, just fun questions. Uh, oh sure, okay. I'm, I'm sure you've been. And by the way, everybody, uh, Greg is his virtual backdrop. If you're watching this, <laughs> is the New York City Library public York, library? Yeah, forty second and fifth. He's not in the library, but he picked that, and uh, it is it is wonderful. So. Uh, Okay, we've all been quarantining and trying to navigate. Probably most people haven't traveled a lot. If you could be anywhere in the world with your favorite cocktail, mm. uh, where would that be? I, wow, great question. Great question. It could be like um, Bewitched. You remember? Yeah. Bewitched? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. Twinkle of the nose and you can be um, there. Well, I think I can answer that. Uh, I would like to be. And if anybody's been there, they could certainly relate to this. I would like to be in Lake Como uh, on the patio of the Villa de Este, which is an amazing resort in Lake Como, having a Negroni. How about that? With my wife and my two sons. How about that? That's what I would love to be doing right now. Yeah. Oh, good for you. And I know our friends at Campari will really appreciate that as well. (laughs) 
Yeah, uh, that's true. That's no, true, right? no doubt about it. So yeah, exactly. Uh, well, thank you, Greg, for uh, sure. everything that you do on on behalf of the citizens of Maine and your leadership at NABCA. And uh, look, just know that on behalf of the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States and Responsibility.org, uh, please know that you have my commitment and our commitment that we're going to do everything we can to support your chairmanship, certainly support Jim Squeo as he makes this great transition uh, <laughs> to life uh, beyond NABCA and really to support Neil Lindsley as well. So uh, just thank you for everything. And we look forward to working with you and supporting your efforts. Well, I would echo all of that, Chris, and right back at you, as they say, uh, at the helm of uh, ANAPCA as chair, we look forward to continuing furthering this relationship with discus and responsibility.org. I'm thrilled. Uh, great relationship so far. You have a great team. Love working with David and Jay and the team. So we'll continue to do so. And I look forward to working with you more closely. Me too, sir. Yep. Yeah. And we did talk about at some point now that, you know, we're all getting vaccinated. I want to come up to Maine and visit sure. you maybe sure. summer. If we could. And we can play the name game, right? About the old days in liquor business. <laughs> no doubt about it. For sure. Yeah. Thank you, Greg, and thanks to you. Thank you. Take care. The Spirited Advocate Podcast was brought to you by the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States. If you'd like to be a guest speaker on the show or send us topic suggestions to cover, please contact us at podcast at distilledspirits.org. And please like and share these episodes. Your support is very appreciated.